We're going to finish up this series today that we've been in for uh, about the last month, starting a brand new series next week called Summer Playlist. Hope you come back and join us for that. But uh, today, to wrap up the series, um, I want to talk to a specific group of you, um, not exclusively to you, but especially to you. I want to talk to those of you who are either here in the room with us or you're in the tandem venue or watching online, catching this later in the week. Um, those of you who, a little bit like me, um, like to make progress. Um, you, you, you like forward motion. You probably find yourself thinking about the future more than you think about the past. Um, you, you like looking at issues. You like looking at projects. You like looking at things and, and, and figuring out how um, you're going to solve that, how you're going to get over that. You're, you're a bit perfectionistic. You like things done the right way. In fact, if we go five minutes over service time, sometimes you're like, this throws my whole day off. I can't believe he went five minutes over, right? You're, you're a little bit like, and you don't have to be an adult to be like this. You can be, you're, you're a high school student and you've got some goals. You got some plans. You got some things out in the future that you want to see. Maybe it's a, a sports scholarship to college, an academic scholarship to college. Uh, maybe you're saving up money for a car, or you know, as a 16-year-old, you're saving up money for your first house, which is just crazy. But 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 everything in you is it's about the future. It's about making progress. In fact, sometimes your parents have to sit you down and they have to say, "Hey, you're 16. You should enjoy being a kid every now and then." right? Or you're on the other side. You're the parent. You're the mom. You're the dad. And um, <laughs> you, you, because of something that happened in your past, because of the way that you were raised, maybe because you were in the corporate world and then you decided to be a stay-at-home parent and you brought all that corporate stuff into the, the, the world, you, you have goals for your kids. You have some things that you'd like to see happen with your children. And somebody needs to sit you down and tell you, let your kid be a kid, every now and then, right? Or maybe it's a spouse thing. Like you've got some goals for your spouse, which is always fun. It's always good, right? But, but you, you're, you're a little bit more motivated than they are. Um, you, you just don't wonder why, why don't they get that done? Or why is it that they let everybody at work kind of walk all over them? Why don't, you, you've got some things that you'd like to see happen and it's just not happening. Have I offended everybody yet? Like I've started some arguments on, in the car on the way home, right? There's just, there's just something in us that wants to see progress. And I, and like, I want to just put your mind at ease right here in this moment, because um, if you're like that, and, and all of us have a little bit of that in us, but some of us just have more of that in us. If you're like that, did you know that's the image of God in you? Like in, sometimes in, 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 in religious circles or in church world, we kind of look down on those people because they're about progress. And, and, and sometimes we think that progress and grace are opposites. They're not. But did you know that's the, the image of God in you? Because at one point there was nothing and God said, I want something. And he created the entire universe. How's that for a six-day work week? How's that for creativity? How's that for power? How's that for progress? I mean, the, the entire human story, human history is headed towards something. God is creative. He's an artist. So that thing in you that wants to make progress, that thing in you that wants to, to take nothing and turn it into something, that's, that's the image of God in you. 
And we've all, again, we've all got that a little bit, that thing in you that, that wants, as a mom, something for your kids. The thing in you as a high school student that wants something for your future. That thing in you in a man, as a man that wants to do the next, you know, bigger, better thing. That's, that's the image of God in you. But, but those of us who are wired that way, we're set up for a very specific temptation. Um, we're, 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 we can be so goal-oriented, so future-oriented, so focused on what you know, we're educated to do, trained to do. In some cases, we're so focused on the thing that we believe God put us on this earth to do that we're tempted to take a shortcut. We're, we're, we're tempted to make progress on something and, and, and to make progress on something, to take a giant step forward um, financially, maybe occupationally. Maybe it's a relational thing. All kinds of areas where this can happen. But in order to do that, you'll have to compromise something. It could, be, it could be the perfect next step in your mind when it comes to your goals or how you saw this sequence playing out. But in order to take that perfect next step toward what you were trained to do, what you were educated to do, towards that thing that God put inside of you to do, you'll have to check your values. You'll have to check your morality. You'll have to check your beliefs at the door, your conscience at the door. And here's the trick, not forever, just temporarily, just for a moment, just for this one decision, just for this one weekend, just for this one business trip, for just a moment, I'm going to say, I don't don't think I really believe in that. I'm going to take my values, I'm going to set them aside for a moment. I'm going to take what I believe to be true, what I've always been taught, what scripture teaches, and temporarily set it aside. And then after the decision, after the weekend, after you, you know, sign the deal, once you're on the other side, you'll just readopt your convictions. You'll, you'll grab a hold of your values again, your morality, and you'll, you'll move on with life. The, the twist is that you don't abandon your values forever. It's just set them aside temporarily. And I'm telling you, if this has never happened to you, it will. And the older you get, the older you are, the more you're apt to say, ah, oh, yeah, I could tell you some stories, Tim. But, but especially if you're young, especially if you're young, in that moment of temptation, you're going to discover two incredibly important things. In that moment of temptation, you'll discover who you are and whose you are. You'll discover who you are, like really at the core of your being, not what you say you believe, what you actually believe. And you'll discover who you belong to, who you are and whose you are. That was the final temptation that Jesus faced. And that's the temptation we're going to look at today. So if you have a Bible or a mobile device, I want you to find Matthew chapter 4. We've been there every single week in the series um, looking at the temptations that Jesus faced. And we said from the very beginning that these temptations that Jesus faced aren't just the temptations of Jesus, they're the temptations of us. Not the specifics, right? But the categories, the things that Jesus um, dealt with and faced are the same things that you and I face. When it comes to temptation, his first temptation was to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate or irresponsible way. Those are, those are things that we deal with. We have needs, we have desires. And most of the time, a lot of time, we're tempted to meet those needs in an illegitimate way. They're legitimate needs, but we're tempted to go in another direction. Then last week, we said that, um, especially if you've been following Jesus for a long time, 
There's a temptation sometimes to try and manipulate God instead of cooperate with God. If you missed last week, I'd really encourage you to find that and, and, and catch up sometime this week. And then today, we're going to look at the temptation to pursue the right thing in the wrong way. And again, the, the twist is by temporarily abandoning what we know, what we believe, what we value for the sake of progress. It's the temptation to take a shortcut. This is what Jesus faced in his third temptation. So here we go. Watch how this went down. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Now, when I was a kid, I would read that and I would go, how did he do that? But you can go home this afternoon and get on Google Earth and you can see all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. So maybe he had access to Google Earth before we did. I don't know. Okay? But it's not as far-fetched to think about this as it used to be. And, and theologians will, will argue about how this actually happened. We don't know for sure. We don't know the specifics. But here's what we do know. Listen to what he says. Verse 9. It says, all this, all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. In other words, if you'll submit to my authority, Jesus, in this moment, I'll give you more authority. If, if, and I'm not talking about forever. I mean, nobody's really around to see this, Jesus. But if you will take everything you know to be true, everything you value, the things you know are eternally true. If you'll just take that, set it aside for a moment, and submit to my authority, I'll give you more authority. And, and the question you should be asking at that point is, okay, why would Jesus be tempted with that? What's the big deal with that? It's an important question, and, and we, need to, we need to understand this, because this is one of the things for which Jesus came. The authority, this, this little theological sidebar here, but when God created man, he, he told man, you have authority over everything. I, I created all this, and I'm giving you authority over it. And so one of the first things that Adam did, what does he do? He, he names the animals, right? And so this little bug flies by, and Adam goes, that's a fly. And God says, that's real creative. Let's keep moving, right? And a real big animal came by, and Adam said, hippopotamus. And God said, don't hurt yourself. Let's go back to the smaller ones, right? And then this other animal came through and Adam said, I'm going to call that a cat. And God said, wait a minute, I didn't create that. Where'd that come from? <laughs> I'm going to get an email from all the cat people. Send them my way. Send them my way. They're going to the trash box, okay? They were, ooh, I was just kidding. I'll send them to Frank. They were given authority, okay? The point is this. They were given authority over all creation. But when Adam and Eve chose to, to, to not trust God and instead trust the tempter, when they gave in to the temptation, their allegiance shifted. And guess what went with them? Their authority. Their authority shifted when their allegiance 
shifted. So when Satan says to Jesus, I have the authority to give you all the kingdoms of the earth and their splendor, Jesus didn't respond, well, you can't offer me that. That's not yours to give. No, Jesus never argues that because, and you see it in the Old Testament and the New Testament, one of the reasons Jesus came was to reclaim the authority that was lost in the garden. I mean, what's Matthew 28, what we know is the Great Commission. What's the second word? All authority has been, under heaven and earth has been given to me. That was Jesus' way of saying, when I came and died and rose again, the authority that had been shifted is now back in my grasp. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came. But before we get to Matthew 28, we're at Matthew 4. And in Matthew 4, Satan tempts Jesus with that. And he just says, hey, I want you, I want you to see it. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience the potential power and authority you could have right now. No cross. No flogging. No pain. No, hey, no breaking your mama's heart. You could have it right now. All you got to do is temporarily worship me. That's why you came. I mean, this, this, is, this is God's will for you, Jesus. This is what you were created for. It's what you were born to do. It's right there for the taking, and I'll give it to you. All you have to do is submit to my authority. Not forever, just temporarily. Can you imagine? Whew, of course you can course I can because we've all been faced with this in one way or another you're locked and loaded on the very thing you believe God put you on this earth for and then something or someone comes along and you all you got to do is forget what you believe all you got to do is temporarily put your values on hold and you'll make progress you'll, you'll, do, you'll do the thing you'll get the thing You'll get the girl and, and the lie. The twist, the trick is that it's just for a moment. And then on the other side, everything will go back to normal. I saw this uh, from a comedian a few years ago. I thought it was classic. He said, when I was a kid, I used to pray every night for a new bicycle. And then when I realized that the Lord and his wisdom didn't work that way, I just stole one and asked him to forgive me. <laughs> it's funny because it's true, right? We do this. We do this. I, I, just, I can't get it this way, so I'll just try it this way. And after I do it that way, I'll just ask God to forgive me. We do this. But here's the deal. When that moment comes for you as a teenager, college student, you start in your career, you're a young married couple, or, or maybe you're on the other side, you're 40, you're 50, and you thought it was going to happen in your 30s and 40s. And it hasn't happened, and you're so tempted. If I don't, it won't. If I don't, it won't. I gotta, I gotta grab the ball, the, the bull by the horns, or it's not gonna happen. In that moment, we think it's about the goal. We think it's about progress. We think it's about the guy. We think it's about the girl. We think it's about living into our identity. We think of all these different things that we've got our hearts and our minds set on. But do you know what the real issue is? The real issue is your peace. That's the issue. The real issue is your peace, your ability to lay in bed at night when it's only you and your thoughts and God and the ceiling. 
knowing you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. You're right where God wants you to be. But if you take that shortcut, if, if you compromise what's important for the sake of what's immediate, you lose your peace. And there's, there's a sense when you take the shortcut to close the deal or get the, you know, the, 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 the promotion, land the girl, whatever it is that you want, the thing that you've always wanted, in your heart, and again, you'd never admit this, but in your heart, there's a sense of, I, I don't know if God is with me anymore. I'm not sure. I don't know if I can trust him anymore. And, and please hear me. He hasn't lost faith in you. But your faith in him has been dinged. Your confidence in him has been dinged because of a decision you made because of something you decided to do. He hasn't lost faith in you, but your confidence has taken a hit because the issue is not the deal, the scholarship, the promotion. No, 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 The issue is, can God be trusted with this? Or do I have to take matters into my own hands? Do I have to make this happen? And so there stands Jesus, seeing, feeling, experiencing the kingdoms of the world, and he loves everybody in all those kingdoms, Right? He loves every single one of them. It's who he came for. A whole generation could die. In fact, multiple generations will die before they hear of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. All of that could be remedied in history if he just bowed his knee and worshiped the devil right then and there. Some of you know what he does. You know what he does. He does what he did every single time he was faced with temptation. He goes back to truth. He goes back to scripture. He goes back to his story. He goes back to God's word. And and he reaches back into this history um, where the Israelites were faced with a very similar temptation. And we've talked about this before, but um, they're about to move into the promised land. Like This is God's will for them. This is, this is what he rescued them from Egypt for. This is what he's provided for 40 years in the, in the wilderness for. Um, and, and in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses gives them this long speech. And he basically says, listen, guys, before you get into the land that you didn't have to develop, before you get these houses you didn't have to build, before you have these olive groves that you didn't plant, before you do all that, before he makes you great in the eyes of the world, I just want you to remember how you got here. And he he reminds them, here's what he told them. This is from Deuteronomy 6. It says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, in other words, when things are going really well for you, Not when things are bad. When things are going really well for you, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And we go, okay, we are not a slave nation that have been rescued from 400 years of slavery, so what in the world does that have to do with us? You're a high school student. You're a college student. You're looking for a scholarship. You're looking for a leadership position. You're looking for your first job. Well, getting into the college, your choice. And, and you're thinking, okay, 
If I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, I, it's not going to happen. It's like God goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, who got you this far? Who, who allowed you to be born into the family you were born into? Did you choose that? Who allowed you to be born in America? Who, who allowed you the brain that you have? Who, who wired you that way? Well, I guess you did. Okay, so why are you going out on your own and taking this back into your own hands? Why would you abandon me now? Or, you know, here you are, you've worked for years and years and years to get to this place in your career, and this, the, there's one slot open for your dream job and 23 applicants. And you could do an end run. Like, you, could, you can make your resume look really good. It's not true, but it's really good. You could, you could finagle some things, and, because if you don't, it won't. And God's going, whoa, 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 whoa. Who got you here? Like, I know you're, you're all about the future, and you want to look out the, the window, but look in that little rear view mirror from the past. Didn't you just say that I will look back and see that you are faithful? Do you not think that I'm big enough and powerful enough and faithful enough to get you through this? Or why, why abandon me now? Why, why go off on your own? Why do you suddenly think this? Or, or I'm going to step on some parents' toes here. Who gave you your kids? Hey, remember when you didn't know if you were going to have kids? And now you got two, three, four, six kids. And hey, remember when your, <clears throat> your, your son, your daughter got sick and you prayed and I answered that prayer? Remember that? And now they're 17, 18, 20, 21, and they're getting ready to go to college. They're getting ready to start their first job. They're getting ready to launch out into the world. And now all of a sudden you feel this need to control. So whoa, 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 whoa. Haven't I been faithful up to this point? <laughs> it just feels like it feels like I have to take back control in order to get what I want. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's the temptation to sacrifice what's important for what's immediate, what's right in front of me. It's the temptation to sacrifice what's temporary for the sake of what's eternal. It's the temptation to take a shortcut. And in that moment, in that moment, you'll discover who you are and you'll discover whose you are. So back to Jesus. Jesus reaches back into that story in Deuteronomy and he brings it into his response to Satan. Okay, Takes Deuteronomy 6.13 and he kind of puts his own spin on it in Matthew 4.10. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, in Jesus' response, I love this, we find out what Jesus wanted more than all the kingdoms of the world. He wanted all the kingdoms of the world. It's one of the reasons he came, to reestablish his authority. But do you know what Jesus wanted more than that? Unbroken fellowship with the Father. And do you know what he got in the end? Both. He got all the kings of the world, 
all authority has been given to me. He got all the kings of the world, and he got to maintain unbroken fellowship with the Father. Do you know what we get in the end? When we go after all the kingdoms of the world and we sacrifice unbroken fellowship with the Father, do you know what we get? Neither. I'm sorry. As good as you are, as smart as you are, as talented as you are, you're never going to have all the kingdoms of the world. And what good does it for a man to gain all of this and lose his soul? You get neither. But in the moment, the tension, the feeling, the dilemma, that big old marshmallow's staring right back at you. We feel like if I don't, it won't. If I don't, it won't. It seems like the only way. And so <laughs> I, just, I just want to ask you, high school student, college student, 20-something, 30-something, you're getting ready to be an empty nester, grandma, grandpa, wherever you are, young or old, I just want to ask you, what's the thing that you want so bad, even if it's not a sin, it's not sinful, what is it that you want so bad that you're set up to trade unbroken fellowship with the Father in order to get it? What is that for you? What, 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 what or who is that? that you want so bad you're set up to say, God, I know you've gotten me this far, but I don't think I can trust you on this one. I know you got me to the place where I even know this was an option. You were the one who even got me to a place where I've been noticed, and yet here I am tempted to sacrifice that in order to get it quicker or easier. What, what is that for you? Hey, just because it's an opportunity of a lifetime, just because it seems like the next best thing, just because it's logical, just because it's sequential, just because it's something you've prayed for and dreamed about and been educated for, doesn't mean it's the right way or the right time. We're actually going to come back in two weeks, and we're going to look at a character from the Old Testament who faced this. We're going to talk about God's will for us. And how do you know? How do you know? We'll come back to that later. But did you know there's something more important than that? There's something more important than that thing you've prayed for, dreamed for, or worked for. And I know it's shocking to hear a pastor say this, but the thing that's more important than that is unbroken fellowship with your Heavenly Father. Your peace is more important than that. Your ability to go to Him without your faith and confidence in Him being deemed is more important than that. And in that moment, when you're faced with a decision like that, you're going to learn who you are and you'll learn whose you are. And it might sound strange saying it like this, but I want that for you. I actually wish it for you. I wish for a day, a moment, a decision, a season in your life where you feel the tension between sacrificing something you've worked for, fought for, dreamed about, the tension to do that, to step into that, or to follow Jesus. I want that for you. I wish you would face that moment of truth. And in that moment, I hope you have the courage and insight and wisdom to realize there might not ever be another deal. <laughs> there might not ever be another chance. This might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But I hope you'll realize in that moment this isn't the time because I have to sacrifice my values. I have, to, I have to put aside what I believe to be true. It's not going to be healthy for me. It's not going to be healthy for my family. It's, not going, to, it's going to require me to, to, to compromise something. And in that moment, in the midst of that tension, 
You just decide there's something more important than this. I, I want my fellowship with the Father to be unbroken. I want that. And I want that for you. I want it for me. I wish for a moment like that because in those moments, we figure out, we understand who we are and whose we are. But if you compromise, if, if you bow your knee, you will never know what God might have done on your behalf. You'll never know because you decided to bow your knee. Every temptation is a test in your confidence in God, not just your self-control. So do, don't trade. Don't trade what's important for the sake of what's immediate. Bad trade. It's a bad trade. Don't trade something temporary for the things that are eternal. So again, what is that? What is that in you that you want so bad you're set up to make that trade? And would you be willing to trust your heavenly father with that? Would you be willing to wait on his timing and his plan instead of taking it into your own hands? Or as Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So I, I just couldn't think of a better way to end today and end this series than to celebrate and remember the event in human history that made this even possible. It made it even possible for us to resist temptation. It made, us, it made it even possible for us to be free from sin. So we're going to celebrate communion today. And here in a minute, you're going to start opening this up and it's going to sound like everybody's crinkling, wrinkle wrap and all that kind of stuff. It's okay, all right? It's perfectly fine. But I want us to, to, to lean into this as a reminder that our future, our family, our faith can ultimately be secure because of Jesus's death and resurrection. So I'm gonna pause here in a moment for us just to, to take a breath, to, 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 to think about what we're getting ready to do. You can take the, the lid off and get the, the wafer ready and get the other lid off for the juice so you're not scrambling when it's time to do this. But I'll say this, as you're doing that, if this is just... If this is just an empty ritual for you, the bread and the juice don't have much meaning for you, please don't feel any pressure from me. And please don't feel any pressure from those of us who are going to participate in this to do this. We're, we're just glad you're here. I hope you come back next week, but don't feel any pressure. But for those of you who are ready to, to lean into this, for those of you who are ready to celebrate this, to approach this with gratitude for what Christ has done on our behalf, I just want to invite you into it. I want, you to, I want to invite you in to think about this before you do it. I want to invite you to pray about it before you do it. I want to invite you to do this, and I don't know because the lights are blinding. I want to invite you to smile while you do this. I was reminded this week that kids on average, four or five-year-olds on average, smile 450 times a day. Adults smile 20. Might that have something to do <laughs> with the condition of our soul? So let's approach this. Let's approach this reverently, but let's approach it with thanksgiving and joy for what Christ has done on our behalf, all right? Let's pause, let's pray, and then we'll move into this.
bread represents the body of Christ broken for you. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. So this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat in remembrance. And then he took the cup and said, this, this represents the blood that's been poured out for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Take the juice in remembrance of the forgiveness of your sin. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you gave us a way, you made a way for us to be in right relationship with you. You made a way for us to live eternally with you and you made a way for us to live abundantly in the here and now. You made a way for us to be free from the grip of sin in the here and now. And God, my prayer is simply that as we've remembered, as we've celebrated, as we've looked back and seen that you're faithful, as we leave this place, we'll look ahead and see that you're able. You're able to give us a way out. You're able to fill us with your spirit that whispers to us in those moments where we're faced with the tension between doing the right thing the wrong way and following you and doing and waiting for you to show you're faithful. God, you help us to be the kind of people who, who look to our leader, who look to Jesus, and as he responded to temptation, that we would respond to temptation. I thank you for the promise that even in this moment, with whatever we deal with, whatever we came into this place with, whatever we're going back out into, we don't have to ignore those things. We don't have to set them aside. They're real. It's, it's a part of our life here on this earth. But you're with us in the midst of it. And in ways that we can't see, in ways that we don't understand, you're actually fighting for us. You're fighting on our behalf. We're so grateful. We're so thankful. And so as we sing to you, as we leave this place, and as we go out to be salt and light, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you encourage us with your word? Would you encourage us with this community? And we ask all these things. I ask all these things in Jesus' name.